Hold on to those afterburners, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1785 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. If you're ready to master productivity, discipline, and focus in 100 days, visit themasteryjournal.com. Now I'll chat with today's featured guest, Eric Barker. Eric, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. Yes. Eric's humorous yet practical blog, Barking Up the Wrong Tree, presents science-based answers and expert insights on how to be awesome at life. Over 300,000 people subscribe to his weekly newsletter, and his first book, Barking Up the Wrong Tree, is a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Eric, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Well, considering I just had a book come out, I don't have much of a personal life. Um, <laughs> I've just been uh, pretty crazy and pretty busy between the, the blog and the book. But um, luckily, most of the things I enjoy doing contribute to my work. So, you know, a lot of time, a lot of time reading, a lot of time hanging out with friends. Now, what would you say today here in 2017 is your area of expertise? My area of expertise is talking to experts and finding finding the best information uh, based on either uh, academic research or uh, or expert insight uh, on how to get better at things, how to get better at life. What's a very common trait that you found that we might not know as entrepreneurs that you know because you've been studying and you've been researching and writing about all of these different areas that you think would be helpful for us? One trait that I think does not get enough credit across the board uh, is resourcefulness. I think there, you know, we talk a lot about grit. We talk a lot about, you know, persistence or creativity or intelligence. But I mean, resourcefulness, you know, someone who who hits a hits an obstacle and starts thinking, you know, what what can I do about this? You know, I mean, whether it's whether it's trying to find a new solution, trying to find the, using the old solution in a new way, or as simple as saying, who can I ask that would, would know the answer? Because I think a lot of people, you know, it's, is it an issue of grit? Maybe, but sometimes it's just an issue of like finding the right tool or asking the right question. So I think resourcefulness is really something that doesn't get the attention it deserves. Can you share a real world example of a time that you were like, wow, that person showed resourcefulness? When I talk to a lot of the people, a lot of the academics or, or experts I interview, they're just on this constant quest where it's just they they keep they keep going, you know, and and it's not merely persistence because you know you can you can you can hit if you keep heading south persistently, uh, you know, you'll never get to something that's east of you. Uh, just just doing more, you know, if you're headed in the wrong direction, isn't isn't going to work. So I mean, resourcefulness, it's like just across the board is like people who are always drawing on their network, who are always drawing on, you know, the the different uh, the different you know, uh, research materials, the different insights, you know, I, I really appreciate when it looks like somebody has exhausted every possibility, you know, like when, I mean, a lot of readers write to me and if a reader writes to me and it's obvious that they just didn't use the Google search, you know, that's a little annoying versus when somebody says, Hey, I tried this, I tried this, this didn't work. So I tried that. Then I looked at this way that didn't work so much. So, so that's why I thought I should email you directly. That's the person where, oh my God, I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon trying to figure out the answer <laughs> to that question that they asked. Whatever the hell it is, I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon because, you know, like, wow, this person really, they exhausted every possibility and, you know, okay, I'm on your team now. Now, do you have a specific example of somebody being resourceful? Off the top of my head? No. 
<laughs> I can't think of a specific. I can't. I can't think of a a specific example off the top of my head. But I, I encounter. I wish I. I wish I encountered more of those stories. Honestly, Eric, you have a journey that you've been on for a while now as an entrepreneur. You've had the ups. You've had the downs, and you've had the in betweens. But what I kind of want to move into next is what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. So take us to that moment, Eric. Tell us that story. Basically, I was I was working in the video game industry, um, and you know life was good in the sense we just had a really big game come out. You know I was doing well, and but my blog had been just growing by leaps and bounds. And while things were ostensibly good, I, I knew I didn't want to be in video games forever. And the guy who who uh, who ran the studio was not pleasant to deal with. And and the, the blog just kept growing. And I'd been putting money away in savings. I knew I wanted to focus on it. And so finally, I just pulled the trigger and I just I just quit my job. I decided to focus uh, on the blog and, you know, and it just kept growing and it was fantastic. Unfortunately, you know, I hadn't other than the savings I had, I hadn't really been thinking about, you know, monetization. And I'm pretty particular about, you know, like, you know, how I want to make money, what I, what I what I feel comfortable with in that way. But I was like, oh, geez, you know, so so it's awesome. This thing's taking off. But in a, in a very Silicon Valley type way, it's like, yeah, that, that whole making money part, that's kind of important. And um, so I, I decided that the next natural step for me that that worked for me was to write a book. Uh, but, you know, it's like, OK, I talked to some some agents and, you know, there's a lot of interest. It's great. But it's like you got to write a proposal. And that's going to take and for me to do that to the point where I was I was going to be excited with it mm. was going to take months. And I didn't even know how to write a book proposal. So literally, um, my my parents have this house uh, out in the, the Poconos, the mountains in Pennsylvania. And uh, I just moved out there and, you know, I, I moved out there. I'm in the middle of nowhere you know, and I've got nothing to do, but like, you know, I do, a, I do one blog post a week and I work on the book proposal and like none of my friends are out there. I don't know anybody out there. It's summertime. And this is like a, like a ski skiing area. Right. So like, it looks like, it looks like the Andromeda strain. Like there are no human <laughs> beings there. Like there were more wild turkeys and deer than human beings. And like, I, I was just slowly losing my mind for like six months. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I did all, I reverse engineered other proposals. You know, I like looked at how they worked. I just, you know, I had to think about what do I want to do? What resources am I going to pull on? I was incredibly productive, but I was so miserable. And like, I had no guarantee that, you know, that, that it was going to get purchase that it was going to go well. I mean, and I, all I did was like work on the blog, work on the book proposal and go to the gym. And like most, it felt like the shining, like I was losing my <laughs> That's mind. That's what I was going to say. I feel you like know. we got a little Jack Nicholas over there. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was, but after six months, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh proposal went out, uh, got a very nice deal and ever there's a happy ending. But I was out there in the middle of nowhere, going crazy, uh, working on something that I had no guarantees on, uh, horribly lonely, and uh, and it was it was uh, I was definitely a low point. Did you have a revenue source when you quit your job? Well, my blog has Amazon affiliate, so I, I I make some money off that, and I had savings. But like you know, I was definitely like I was definitely going into the I was definitely going into the red. I mean, I was I was. It, it, it was it was an issue of burn rate. Like I was not able to to uh, you know without dipping into savings, 
you know, every week, you know, I was not able to, to keep myself going. So beyond Amazon affiliates, what was the actual first way that you started generating revenue when you did? Uh, after Amazon affiliate was the book proposal, uh, was the book deal, uh, you know, put me in, put me in good stead. And what are your revenue streams today? My revenue streams today are Amazon affiliates and the book proposal. <laughs> so it has not, that has not changed because my focus has been, I, I try and focus as much. I mean, like the shift for me from focusing on the blog 24 seven to blog plus book was, was a bit of an extreme because I get obsessive about, you know, whatever that main thing is and I go all in. So it was like even splitting my week into blog and book was like, I had to make like a very clear kind of, you know, clear transition to, okay, these days go for this and these days go for that. Uh, But, you know, those have been the primary thing. I also do some, some speaking, but that's, that's, that's regular, but not consistent. Like I can't guarantee that it's going to happen on this week or that week. So, so speaking as well. Are your books turned into audible books? Yeah. And who controls that process? That's done by, I guess, HarperCollins. Okay, so like they hire the voice artist, and that voice yeah. artist does your audiobook. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's something that I definitely uh, would think about in the future, and this is something that I've actually experienced personally, is you know retaining the audio rights on future books, because there is a lot of money to be made with the Audible uh, rights on your book, and I see a lot of authors who post income reports, and you know they make okay money on the book sales, but they make incredible revenue on the audiobooks. And it's something that I'm definitely seeing as a trend. So Fire Nation, that can be something that you're thinking about as you're structuring your book deal and doing this. You know, you have these opportunities and these these options. And Eric, real quick, I just have to ask. I mean, right now I'm looking at your Skype photo and there's a guy who looks very familiar. He's giving you like a half Nelson right now. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Who is this guy? Yeah, that that's actually a uh, former UFC light heavyweight champion, uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson. Oh, and right. uh, like, yeah, like what was it like? Probably 12 years ago, uh, I was heavy into uh, Krav Maga and to <laughs> MMA, and and uh, I got to train with him and uh, a, a, bu- a bunch of bunch of a uh, bunch of uh, uh, big. I trained with Hoist Gracie for a little while, Tito Ortiz, Boss Rutan, um, and uh, I, I never I never fought competitively, uh, but uh, but it was a, it was a really good time, and I think I'm still healing, but it was uh, it was a good time. <laughs> I enjoyed it. So Eric, you've had a lot of great ideas over the course of your career, but what would you say is one of those aha moments that you had that would be a good story for you to share with us with Fire Nation? An aha moment, I think what's really critical is, I guess this kind of returns to the resourcefulness issue, is you know, we all have like resources at our, at our disposal. We all have like contacts, we all have experiences. And, and I think we for, you know, and forgetting them you know, that we have them there as part of, as part of the resourcefulness issue, like just making sure those are, you're keeping those top of mind. And there was a specific time, um, when I, uh, again, related to the book, when I was talking to, luckily for the blog, I talked to a lot of best-selling authors and, uh, when I would do interviews, I would always take a little time to kind of, you know, pick their brain about just, okay, what did you do to write the book? How did you prepare for the book? What did it take to get it done? Yada, yada. And, you know, and that was really useful, you know, for like a year or two before I even was serious about it. I was, I was getting feedback from authors, you know, on their process, which is valuable because it's kind of a black box. You don't usually hear a lot, hear a lot about that. Uh, but what was really scary was I was talking to, uh, I was talking to, uh, one, uh, really big, really successful author. And, and I'm like, well, so what was your, your process, you know, once you got the book deal? And he said, well, for the first year, I just read 
And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding? Like all he did was just like, he did like a year of reading before he even like wrote a word. Like I'm like, oh my God, like that's my timeline. Like I did not, I didn't account for a year of read. Like, holy crap, how am I going to do that? I'm like, okay, well maybe he's different. He, he's different. And then I talked to a very, very well-known established uh, scientist who is also a, a best-selling author. And I was like, hey, so what was your process with the – and frighteningly enough, what's he say? <laughs> well, for the first year, I just read. And I'm like, oh, son of a – I'm like, oh, God. You know, I'm like, I'm screwed. I'm like, okay, maybe this is like – they're both like science writers. Maybe it's just science writers. And sure enough, I talked to somebody else. And, well, for the first year, I just read. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, I'm screwed. Like, I'm going to need like at least three years to write this. My contract only gives me a year. And, I'm gonna li- and then I thought for two seconds. I'm like, well, I've been reading – you know, all this research for the blog and all these academic studies, everything for like seven years. I'm like, I've already done my year of reading and I'm letting this scare me. And it was, it was ridiculous. And I realized that I had all of the information and I'd done it. And in fact, I digested it and summarized it and, you know, and and put it all up on the blog. And I had more, like when I first started out, I was posting five abstracts a day. Like it was, you know, so I didn't realize it was like, no, I've, I've done the work. And so it was a big aha moment for me to realize that it wasn't like, you know, the blog and the book were like two completely separate things and that I was going to have to start from scratch. And like, I had no idea. It was like, no, there were tremendous resources and experiences for me to draw on. I just had to make that mental connection in my head. And so that was a huge aha moment for me. I kind of did a little research on your blog. It's barking up the wrong tree, and you have a lot of subscribers. You have a lot of posts. In fact, you know, going back to the very beginning, which was like 2009 for you, um, it starts off with like a bunch of videos for Clay Shirky, and then it kind of moves into you like reposting like Seth Godin content and TED and TED Talks and stuff like that. And that's obviously evolved into now you writing a, a blog post once a week that you know gets a lot of reads, a lot of views, a lot of shares. What's that evolution? What was that evolution? Like, who's Clay Shirky? Like, why are you posting these videos? Like, how's this progress happen? I mean, for me, that's you know, it's like looking at the it's like looking at the rings on a on a on a tree, on a tree yeah. <laughs> that's been around there for hundreds of years. Where it's like, you know, I didn't. This did not like emerge fully formed where I was like, oh, I'm going to do a blog that's, you know, a, you know, personal improvement based on actual, you know, research and, you know, and like and uh, and, you know, and experts in their field. It was like it didn't emerge fully formed like that. You know, initially I was like, hey, what is this whole, you know, social media thing and all this blogger <laughs> stuff? And so, you know, the Clay Shirky stuff was was interviews with him because he has some fascinating you know ideas about because uh, he does like, you know, um uh, interactive media teaches at interactive media NYU, and um, and I was just basically like posting stuff while I was learning, you know how to uh, how this stuff works, and so that's why it's like you look at my URL, the URL like does not say barking up the wrong yeah. tree, the URL, it's like you know because I didn't start out this, and I'm like okay, so how does this work? How does Twitter work? How does Facebook work? How you know what is this? And so basically it started out with me just finding things on the internet that I thought were interesting, and then you know, as it evolved, I started to see what was interesting to me, you know, uh, what was interesting to other people. And there just became this co-evolution where, you know, I, I didn't like reading the same stuff that like I was seeing everywhere else. And I was like, well, where can I get some real answers here? Where can I get some real insights? And so I realized, oh my God, on RSS, there are just, you know, there's all of this academic research, uh, that has like real 
answers, you know, or, or at least the best we can do, like to try and get to real answers. And nobody wants to read. It's like, you know, it's in this jargon language. Mm. Nobody wants to read that stuff. And I just started combing and combing through these RSS feeds. And, you know, and most of it is not, you know, particularly interesting. But then I would keep coming along these little nuggets and I'd be like, oh, and so I would just post the abstracts, post the abstracts. And very quickly, um, uh, you know, a bunch of other people like uh, like Tyler Cowen at Marginal Revolution started looking at what I was doing and realizing that I was kind of mining mining the research you know, for these for these nuggets of of insights uh, for either like confirmations of what we know or counterintuitive uh, ideas that that we didn't and uh, and you know I found this really interesting and it started catching on and then I started going from posting those abstracts to to aggregating like okay here's six different studies on happiness they all show the same thing. Here's six different studies on happiness. They kind of differ. Let's figure out why. And then I started, you know, to going from just abstracts to like pulling sections of interviews. And then I actually started like really writing myself to try and let's, let's really draw this together and, you know, you know, pull together a bunch of ideas. And then I started doing interviews where I was talking to either academics who were doing the research, writers who had written books about it, or like when I when I say like experts in their field, you know, I think there are people who are, you know, certainly very good at what they do, uh, who it's not necessarily based on scientific research. So I interviewed, you know, a Navy SEAL platoon commander about grit. I interviewed an FBI hostage negotiator about negotiations. Um, I, I, uh, I interviewed a uh, Navy bomb disposal expert about keeping calm uh, during during stressful situations, um, you know, to try and see what people were gleaning that was out outside of, of academia or scientific research. And now it's kind of like a free flowing thing where I'll bounce between like pulling all the insights from one book or grabbing, you know, a lot of insights from a few different books in one arena or doing an interview. Um, so, you know, so it's, it's an evolving thing and I expect it to continue to evolve. Well, Fire Nation, what I hope you're taking away from this is, you know, Eric, he's taking his audience on a journey. I mean, my guest yesterday, he started off the interview by saying, John, I've listened from episode one to all of your podcasts. And I'm like, well, this is 1784. So you've been like on quite the journey where, you know, I was kind of clueless trying to figure my stuff out back at episode one, 100, you know, 1000. You know, here we are, 1784. You know, I'm, um, I'm getting to that point where I'm figuring stuff out a little bit more. And it's that journey that I've taken my listeners on. Eric's taken his readers, his viewers, his listeners on. Just be transparent along the way because that's what your audience wants. They want you. They want your thoughts. They want your ideas. And you know they want to see you grow just like they're going to be growing, consuming your content. Now, we have some value bombs being dropped in the lightning round when we get back from thanking our sponsors. You know what's really frustrating? It can sometimes be a little embarrassing when you spend a lot of time in bandwidth creating something you're sure is going to work and then it bombs. Kind of like when you create a Facebook ad for a client or for your own business and the money goes out but nothing comes back in. Losing money, no matter whose it is, is no fun. And when you're working with clients, losing their trust is definitely not something you want to do. So why struggle trying to figure it out on your own when you can just copy Billy Jean? My friend Billy Jean is hosting a free training where he's gonna select a random attendee and build an entire Facebook advertising campaign from scratch. The ad copy, the landing pages, and everything in between. He's also going to show you the same process he's used working with some of the world's largest franchises to get ROI. Claim your spot at INeedThisTraining.com. That's INeedThisTraining.com. 
My greatest passion outside of business and family is my health, Fire Nation, and I know a huge component of getting my body in the best shape possible is what I consume. That's why I've been researching plant-based supplements that will help me not just feel my best, but also perform my best. So here's the deal. You already know I drink Organifi green juice every morning to get my greens in, and now I'm using Organifi's organic plant-based protein too. Organifi's protein uses whole food vitamins and minerals and contains five digestive enzymes that won't cause bloating like other plant-based proteins do. Organifi also adds MCT oils, which are healthy fats that keep you fuller longer and are great for brain health and mental focus. Organifi's protein is smooth, filling, and the vanilla flavor is yummy. It's made with the highest quality ingredients, and all you have to do is add water or almond milk. See for yourself. Visit Organifi.com and save 20% off with promo code FIRE. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com, promo code FIRE. Eric, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? I've only been in training for about six months, but I'd say that my training camp was really good. My road works great. I think my cardio is better than it's ever been. Uh, We'll see how I do. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The fact that I had done it before and I'd given up on it. What is the best advice you've ever received? When you enter a company, look around and look at the people who are there and realize that you're going to become like them. They're not going to become like you. So if those people aren't the kind of person you want to be, it's not going to work. That's Bob Sutton at Stanford. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Obsessiveness. I do things I'm passionate about, and uh, I, I, it sometimes borders on OCD, and I don't consider it a defect. I consider it a superpower. If you could recommend one internet resource, what would it be? I would say old school RSS. I think, to, I think Twitter, Facebook, you know, I, I, these are false gods. Uh, when you're looking for real information, when you're looking to keep up on a lot of good data, give old school RSS a shot. If you could recommend one book, what would it be and why? I'd say Sapiens. Uh, I'm, a lot of people, I'm sure, have said that. But uh, it's, it's, you kind of get a sum up of the history of humanity in a very accessible format and, the, and what, makes, what makes human beings so special. It's actually the audiobook that I keep going back to. Like Whenever I'm on a long trip, Fire Nation, it's like that book. I just pick it up in a random chapter. And I'm just like, man, there's so much value in this book. And Eric, let's end today on fire with you sharing a parting piece of guidance. Then give us the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. One of the things I talk about in in the book uh, was uh, Gotham Lakunda, a professor at Harvard Business School, has this concept of intensifiers, which is the idea of your personality traits, which are generally negative, but can be a positive. And I would encourage everybody to sit down and think about the traits that they're not too happy about, but to imagine a context where those negative traits can be positives. So stubbornness can be persistence, that kind of thing. And to me, that's been very valuable, like when I talked about obsessiveness. Where, where are your weaknesses actually strengths and then change your context to, to value them? And uh, people can reach me uh, if, you, if you Google Barking Up the Wrong Tree blog or uh, Google my name, Eric Parker, uh, or you go on Amazon, my book is Barking Up the Wrong Tree.
in Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with EB and JLD today, so keep up the heat. Head over to eofire.com, type Eric with a C in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore. We'll have his book there, of course, his website. You can just Google Eric Barker or Barking Up the Wrong Tree to go directly there. Lots of value, as you'll find out. And Eric, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, Jilda. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Eric today. And everyone is scared of losing, but in my book, I teach you how to finally win. Visit howtofinallywin.com to learn how to create your dream life one step at a time. And I will catch you there, Fire Nation, or I will catch you on the flip side. Looking for a protein that uses whole food vitamins and minerals? Organifi's organic plant-based protein tastes great, is made with the highest quality ingredients, and all you have to do is add water or almond milk. See for yourself. Visit Organifi.com and save 20% with promo code FIRE. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, promo code FIRE. My friend Billy Jean is hosting a free training where he's going to build an entire Facebook advertising campaign from scratch. The ad copy, the landing pages, and everything in between. Why struggle trying to figure out Facebook ads on your own when you can just copy Billy Jean? Claim your spot today at INeedThisTraining.com. That's INeedThisTraining.com.